Hey guys, what's up? It's Niall here. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the Young Professional Podcast. I'm really excited to have had the chance to sit down and chat to Gavin Wall. Gavin's an entrepreneur and businessman from Northern Ireland, and in this episode, he shared his journey to date from being a successful barrister to now being involved in tech companies and launching a new podcast. So I'm really excited for you to listen to the first interviewee on the Young Professional Podcast. Let's get into it. Gavin, Gavin Wall, thanks very much for agreeing to have a chat with me. Um, obviously delighted to you know learn a bit more from you and hear about some of that secret sauce that you talk about, obviously on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. Um, so why don't we just start off by kind of getting you to introduce yourself, a bit about your story, um, maybe your journey from obviously being a barrister right yeah. through to, I guess, today where you are now. So. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go fairly quickly. So uh, I'm Gavin Wall. I'm the um, managing director of The Wall Group, which is a chain of um, spa and subway stores, largely in North Belfast. We employ about 130 people. and um, But I'm a real serial entrepreneur at heart as well. So I have a number of interests now in... We've got three tech startups, including a really exciting actual virtual reality gaming centre coming out. Brilliant. I don't know if you know about that. It's coming out in, in Cityside. It's going to be open at the end of March. So that's absolutely class. And um, then I do a lot of mentoring of other business people. I have a business sort of um, called Speed Mentoring, which may be like a side hustle, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about inspiring other business people to be better. Um, my background was in law. Um, I was a barrister up until 10 years ago. Really, I followed my father's journey. So he was in law, and my two brothers both did law. One of them's a slizzer, but I was really an entrepreneur at heart, and um, I wrestled with that for many years. And there's too many stories about it to tell you now. But I wrestled with that for many years, and then ultimately one day I packed in my wig and gown, and um, opened the smallest spa store in Northern Ireland, four hundred and sixty-eight square feet, about the size of a bedsit. Yeah hadn't a clue what I was doing had no idea and uh, started working in it in yeah. overalls yeah. just walked away from the barrister's job my wife's only just getting over me giving up the barrister's job now about <laughs> 10 years later yeah. she's only just getting over that and we started from there one tiny wee shop yeah. and then we've built all the entrepreneurial stuff on top of it over the last 10 years yeah amazing great story um, I guess one of the questions I probably have is in those earlier days of your career kind of once you quit the barrister life mm-hmm. Uh, how did you initially kind of learn and upskill yourself in business and finance and investing and all that? Well, interesting thing was um, because I always had a really strong passion in business. Yeah. So before I was a barrister, I was actually a slizzer. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a slizzer, I ran businesses on top of my day job. Wow. So yeah. I had an international phone card um, franchise and I was the most successful um, one in the whole of the UK. Yeah. So this is before the internet. All your listeners might leave and they've heard. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, like before, yeah, yeah. The, before the internet, you used to say you wanted to phone Pakistan mm-hmm. or Australia or something like that. It used yeah. to be about pound fifty a minute. Right, okay. So if you got a wee international phone card, you dialed in a pin on this card. Crawled across the world. Crawled across the world, maybe for 10p per minute to yeah. Pakistan or whatever. So I had a franchise for that. And then I also had a property business. I used to buy and sell and do up business, our, our, our homes, yeah. houses. Yeah. So I was always fascinated about business mm-hmm. and pre-internet every week um, I used to wait, I don't know if I can say this, but like might be like other young boys might be waiting for a porno mag or something like yeah. that. I should even say that, yeah. you know, before as I was obsessed with franchising. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can cut that bit out if you need to. <laughs> I, I, I was obsessed with franchising. So every week. Um, franchise Weekly magazine used to come out yeah. and I would literally pour over every ounce, every word in that, trying to work out how businesses worked. Yeah. And that's where I learned mm-hmm. um, before even applying it, yeah. what profit and loss looked like, what managing a team looked like, mm-hmm. what trying to build a business yeah. that wasn't built just around you, but actually had systems and processes yeah. so that um, you could build it and it could be bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'd always a fascination for that. My wife's an accountant, which always helped. So all the business, <laughs> she all the businesses and things that she was involved in over the years, I used to love asking her questions. Mm-hmm. And she used to always say to me, "Why, why are you interested?" I said, "Well, I'm going to do that one day." And she wise up. You have a great career as a barrister. Yeah. And um, she used to be an accountant for Musgraves, who own the Centra, yeah. um, sort of brand up here and Super Value. 
And I used to like asking her questions about shops and how they I said, I think I'll do one of those one day. Yeah. I thought you were crazy. Yeah, <laughs> cut herself on. I said, I don't think that shop at the bottom of the road's been run well enough. Yeah, yeah. She just stopped talking about it, you know. So yeah. it was always a passion for that. Uh, it took me a, a sort of a 15-year career in law. Yeah, a 15-year career in law in total mm-hmm. to totally break away from the law mm-hmm. and then just go full on, on, full on, full yeah, yeah. on, on the business side. Amazing. Um, so I had previous insight. I was always thinking about it. So it wasn't just day yeah, one. It wasn't just starting. launch yourself in. Yeah, it was just out of the blue. Thing. It was always looking yeah, at it. So passion on the side, lots yeah. of reading. And yeah, yeah, of course. I wonder, could you tell me a, a bit of a story maybe about when you've made a kind of bad decision or, or maybe you had, you know, a really bad investment, you know, something that just yeah, went okay. completely Got one of mine. tits up. Yeah. Um, too many. I think there's so many. That yeah, this yeah. is a thing, and if any any of your listeners follow me on, on LinkedIn, or I'm doing quite a bit on Instagram now as well. Um, follow me over the last few years, they will know that I'm passionate about cataloging the failures. Yeah, the mistakes. And, the mistakes yeah. because people look at successful people, mm-hmm. and they think, oh, they either got lucky or just they know how to do it mm-hmm. or just everything just they happened. touch turns to gold. That's, you know yeah. that we say and everything they touch turns to gold. Yeah. Jesus, nothing could be further from the yeah. truth. I have undoubtedly probably had more failures than anybody in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in fact, actually, I was homeless for five years when my biggest failure, I'll, I'll not talk about that one in this particular context, but mm-hmm. um, uh, so accepting that failure is inevitable mm-hmm. yeah. as part of the process of achieving success. Yeah. That's what some people don't get. So they have the first failure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not good enough or I'm going to give up. Yeah. But I know that on the other side, when I have a failure, I know on the other side of that failure, there's going to be a better day. There's yeah. going to be a better day every single time. And I know that other competitors, yeah. when I have a failure, I, I, I just process it. The other guys or, or gals who are they're having feeling it, the same way. they're feeling the same, but they're dropping out. Yeah, and that gives me the strength to keep going. Yeah. So my biggest recent failure would be Yogi Berry, which was a real passion pro- project for me. Mm-hmm. My passion to do something. So I was in spar, spar stores and subway stores, but it's difficult to get new spar and subway stores because the um, the penetration per capita of those two brands in Northern Ireland is some of the highest in the world. Yeah. So getting new stores is really, really difficult. Yeah. Really difficult. So I wanted to develop a brand of my own mm-hmm. so that I didn't have to go spar or subway. Yeah. And I developed Yogi Berry. So it was ice cream and um, frozen yogurt. I yeah. did them both. Like there's so many mistakes. So I was passionate about North Belfast. So I did it in North Belfast where there probably wasn't enough footfall mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. And then I opened another one then in West Belfast. Again, rather than doing high footfall, I went to an, a suburban area. Mm-hmm. And I had a third one agreed, which fortunately I didn't open. But I, I did, And then I did ice cream and frozen yogurt because I thought there isn't enough for one or the other mm-hmm. really to Why be successful. Why not combine them? Yeah. And every mistake and everything was built across uh, on top of mistaken premises mm-hmm. in my mind about what I should be doing and we spent a fortune on branding and a uh, fortune on, on store fit outs yeah. I pursued this and pursued this and then I spent a load on marketing which was driving footfall but it wasn't profitable footfall mm-hmm. yeah. and I maybe didn't get my management team in it right then I had I ended up in the high court over machinery that was sold to me yeah. and a dispute over that because mm-hmm. the machinery was breaking down and all sorts of things every mistake yeah conceivable yeah and ultimately i had a loss and after three years of about six hundred thousand pounds mm-hmm. lost wow. pursuing this project that was in my heart yeah and, as a passion yeah and lots of people were telling me gavin I, I, this doesn't look like it's working the yeah. accountants were saying me gavin you need to stop you need to stop yeah the only thing fortunately i didn't do i was taking premises on the lisburn road which is actually Boosham, became Boosham, those premises, Rathgar House. Yeah. And I was taking, I was going to put a subway on one side and a Yogi Berry on the other. And the day I was due to sign the lease was the day that Brexit happened, the Brexit oh, vote. Okay. 2016. June, remember, yeah. uh, June the 23rd, 24th. Um, vote 23rd, and I think the result 20, 24th on the Friday. Yeah. The day that happened was the day I was due to sign the lease. The landlord had put it back for a week. And um, I... That's going to bring inflation into the system. There's too much risk in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm struggling 
more than I think in the other two stores and yeah. decided not to pursue that. Yeah. And thank God, sweet Jesus, thank God. Yeah. For, for, that's the one thing I'd be grateful for Brexit about is that it's actually stopped me from doing that. Yeah, maybe you not make that. Yeah, because yeah. um, that would have been another premises I'd have been tied into. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than 600,000, if I signed for that, mm-hmm. it would have been over a million pound and that could really have yeah. made things very difficult for yeah. me. Yeah. So there's we all make massive yeah. and I make loads of little mistakes, but there's just a recent I think it's definitely it's helpful to hear, you know, as young people that obviously looking up to older business mentors yeah. and people that the path is obviously riddled with failures and mistakes along the way to get to, you know, greater success. So that forced me so out of Yogi Berry, so I then sit down and I, I then really dig through that rather than just go on about the mail. I mean, mm-hmm. I know other business people who just go, Gavin, how do you get out of bed in the morning? Yeah. The amount of flipping, like that law, I know quote, several business people, how do you even get out of bed in the morning? Yeah. Right? yeah. But I've processed that. I then dive into that to find what I've learned from it. Mm-hmm. And okay. take those learnings And forward. take those learnings. And one of the major things that came out of that was, that was my ninth store. So that was my ninth store. That first Yogi Berry store was a ninth store. And... The second Yogi Bear was in the 10th store. Mm-hmm. What I discovered when the machinery started breaking down on me, what I then realised was I didn't have time to get around my, the rest of my spa and subway businesses that I would have been in every single day. Mm-hmm. I was really stuck in Yogi Berry mm-hmm. and I realised how vulnerable I was to something going wrong in one store, etc. Yeah. And it was at that stage that I put the plan in place, it was about three and a half years ago, I put the plan in place to build an internal board within my business to really strengthen the management team. Yeah. Uh, so if I hadn't been to the mess in Yogi Berry, which all right, it cost me 600 grand. That right? realisation that you That realisation that, that I didn't have enough strength within the business and the yeah. way I'd built it was actually too reliant on me as a key man. Mm-hmm. That, that Yogi Berry taught me uh, a really great lesson. Yeah. And if that Yogi Berry hadn't have started to go wrong a bit, I mightn't have built, started to build the internal board. Mm-hmm. Um, because I built the internal board, that's given me the opportunity to go on. I've got three tech companies. That has probably provided additional time for me to do my mentoring, etc., yeah. etc. Et now, it'll be a long time before I get 600 grand back. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, I delve into the mess and say, what have I actually learned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quality. Nice one. That's helpful. I guess as as a young person myself, 26 years old and probably lo- lots of listeners here, sort of age 20 to 30, I wonder if you were to go back to when you were maybe 20 or 25 mm-hmm. years old, yeah. what would you now say to your, say, 20-year-old self? A couple of maybe key points. A couple, or... of, a couple of key points. One, I think we just touched on it before we started, Um, this is that when you're in your 20s, don't sweat it too much. Yeah. You're, you're 26, you were telling me. And uh, I know when you're 26, you started to panic. Yeah, 27. My yeah. age was 27. 27, I started to panic. I haven't actually achieved anything. Or, well, all right, I had qualified as a solicitor at that stage, etc. Yeah. You know, pretty good. But my ambition was much greater than that. Mm-hmm. And I was, how am I going to end up? So, at 20, what I did at 27, I wouldn't sweat it too much. That's the first thing I would say. I wouldn't yeah. sweat it too much. Um, I would say to somebody in their 20s, I would say, try plenty of stuff. Yeah. Try lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember before my international phone card business, I had done um, a thing called Euphony, which was another telecoms thing, and that, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I'd had a couple of other wee ventures that I'd done that really didn't come to much. Yeah, um, I was trying to, you know, we side hustles that didn't come to much. So yeah. those wee keep plugging away at those wee things mm-hmm. you don't know which one is going to come to something yeah um and you don't know what you'll learn from each and even if you think something might be um uh mightn't be the one yeah. it might put you in contact with somebody who might lead you to the right one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so action is the key yeah the key is to take to take action yeah and then the third thing would be um i made my decision at 27 uh, uh 27 years of age which was 21 years ago to purposely um, push myself outside the comfort zone yeah. and to try and achieve for the rest of my life because I felt I had I'd been doing too much drinking and partying up until then. Yeah. I made a decision at 27. And um, your your opportunity at 27 or 26 or 20 before you have family and kids, mm-hmm. that's a brilliant time to yeah. be. You got time, you got well, money, you got Brilliant freedom. time before the other stuff that can slow you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so don't sweat too much, but when you made the decision, yeah, get on with it. Yeah, 
because that's your your prime time actually to make a difference before mm-hmm. the other stuff slows you down. Yeah. When you're maybe buying a house or you're maybe getting married or you're maybe trying to have children, yeah. you will just have less time. That's yeah, just a fact. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to touch on one of those points you made there about buying a house. So I guess at this sort of age, 20 to 30, mm-hmm. I think lots of people my age are looking to buy a house. Yeah. And I wonder in your mind, is that a good sort of investment in terms of putting down that big chunky 20 or 30k yeah. or percent of the uh-huh. house yeah. um, would you advise someone to actually you know just continue to rent for the next couple of years and maybe invest that into a business or side hustle or? yeah so funny I did a post about this recently um, it's right on the right on the money for you so yeah. at 27 when I had made a decision I'm going to change my life and I'm actually going to achieve the things I want to achieve yeah. and started working 100 hours a week um, towards that so it left 40 hours a week as a solicitor in the civil service and then started doing my other businesses on top. Yeah. But what I did was I moved home. Right. I took so the that 250 yeah. 300 I moved. So we were all renting. I was driving a really nice car at the time, an Audi Cabriolet, which I absolutely loved. My yeah. friends all had nice golf GTIs. We were all doing either state agents or solicitors or what. We were all doing okay. Yeah. And for ourselves, and at 27, once it got sort of like my shit, I said, do you know what I if I keep doing that, what do I have to invest in something? Mm-hmm. I was reading all these franchise magazines I was talking about earlier on, 20 grand or 100 grand or 40 grand. Yeah, to get into these businesses, yeah. Yeah, how am I going to get into that if mm-hmm. I don't have any money? Yeah. And that started to really, I started to really think deeply about that and I started yeah. to think, oh, I'm putting a few hundred pounds a month into rent mm-hmm. and I'm paying extra in food, whereas if my parents are happy enough to take me home, uh, uh, and I said I was going to do that to my friends, and they did not believe me. Yeah. They just said there's no chance. An opportunity came for me to take over or look after an office in Oma and to drive to Oma every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'd put that on my Audi Cabriolet, the mileage would have cost me. So I got rid of the Audi Cabriolet. Yeah. I bought a £700 um, ex-police car that had dodgy ABS brakes. <laughs> and um, I, I called her the executive saloon just to give it a wee... So, it became something. Yeah. So yeah. it became a purpose. You branded it. Yeah. Do you know I branded it, and yeah. everybody knew it was the executive saloon. They were still driving their golf GTIs, uh, and they said, "Funny, um, the guy messaged me. There was one particular guy, a very good friend of mine, a state agent in Belfast. He says, Gavin, you will never stick at this. Yeah. Your ego will not enable you to drive a seven hundred pound yeah. beat up ex police car. You'll not stick it. But I had made my plan." I had a decision about what I was going to do. I was earning £70, so this is 20 years ago, £70 a day extra into my hand. Yeah, on uh, petrol or on expenses. On petrol and expenses. Yeah. I brought my lunch with me every day. I was there for more than eight hours every day, so I was getting £9.70 or something like that for my subsistence allowance. Mm-hmm. So £70 a day I was getting clear. Not a bad we side. Not a bad, so that's 350 quid. He messaged me back there the other night. He says, you were making more on your travel money than I was making in, in my salary. No and yet we were both had good cars and stuff, you know, three hundred pound or two hundred and fifty pound a month on a, on a nice car. Yeah. So he he messaged me back, um, the other night saying that was more than I was earning. So I was rolling that. I was moved home, so my expenses went to absolutely nothing. Yeah. I was getting this extra three hundred and fifty on top of my own money. I started saving that. I then started doing some share trading, trading shares on a wee thing called the HP Jornada. No, they don't have the apps or the platforms. Yeah, they didn't have yeah. anything. I had to plug that hardware that into the, the office, Slizzard's office when I got down there. Yeah. And it was a thing about this size. So a HP Jornada, I started trading shares on that. Um I then developed the um property business. So I saved up money for my first house yeah. deposit. And that was to rent to tenants then? To rent to tenants. Yeah. So I did that. And then I did the international phone card franchise. It was five thousand pounds that cost to start that franchise. Yeah. So I used that seventy pounds. So first of all, it was an idea. Mm-hmm. It was an idea that it I wanted more in my cr- life. Crunching the numbers, to crunching realize the numbers. actually there's a, a better investment here. Better, to, yeah. You know, long term. Long term. So back to the house thing. Yeah, you need to get on the property ladder. You need to get on the property ladder. You need to get on. The, yeah, there goes your life savings, or there goes your parents' life savings. Yeah. Um. You know as sorry that's what people say you need to get on the property ladder yeah, I'm yeah, not saying no, sorry I'm saying what other people say you have to get on the property ladder there are good arguments on both sides yeah. but if you have if you're really passionate and you think you can work hard and you can come up with an idea so potentially better to invest there's potentially other ways I turned that 70 pounds that one idea and turned that 70 pounds into six figures in two years mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, yeah. So that became six figures in two years. What then happened was I wasn't enjoying working as a solicitor in the civil service. Just the mindset wasn't right for where I was and how positive I was with my life. I sold the first house I bought. Um, there was 17,000 profit on that first house. Yep. And uh, I'd done it up and stuff. And there was 17 clear profit. And um, it cost me about 20 grand to give up my job as a solicitor. Yeah. And to go back then to Queen's and switch over, do the courses I needed to do, switch over to become a barrister. Yeah. I probably should have gone to business at that stage, but all the family connections to law and stuff. But that decision made all of those things possible. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. I love how you talk about obviously sacrificing money and time and obviously maybe good times with friends if you were running out with them there. I remember hearing one of your other sort of interviews you had done, I think it was with Matthew Thompson, Mm -hmm. about how you had shaved your head. Yes. Do you want to maybe just touch on that briefly and tell us? Right. So I'll say very briefly because there's a lot of stuff to cover here. So ultimately, I did all my my law and my property and, and stuff like that and um, by my mid-30s I was really successful barrister I was ma- making lots and lots of money as a barrister I'd built up to about 50 properties at that stage well, and uh, I had lots of equity etc etc so I uh, being a very wealthy person and I made a mistake so the, on the property side so just in case some of your listeners are in the property so this is exactly what happened to me um, I was getting outbid on properties by people who had never been in property. Yeah. They were banned properties. This is in 2005, 2004, 5, 6, 7. Yeah. So I was getting outbid by them and they were banned properties at yields of 2 and 3%, yeah. which just didn't work. It didn't make sense. And it didn't make sense to me. Uh, but my mistake at that time in 2006 was I said to myself, rather than pay the money, I didn't want to stop doing the property thing mm-hmm. because it was my connection with business. Yeah. And even though it was in law, I didn't want to give up. That would too much because the business really made me tick mm-hmm. I decided that um, I would get earlier in the chain so I would start buying the land mm, Okay. so in 2006 I bought four bits of land for multi-million pounds of, of money mm-hmm. and within 18 months that land was virtually worthless and I had signed personal guarantees on all of it stupidly and also um, they were demand loans so the banks could demand um, the money to be repaid within 14 days notice. Well, yeah. So that decision, really tight period of time, 2006, mm-hmm. um, totally changed the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, that led to me losing absolutely everything. So all of those properties, my own home, when I lost my own home, I ended up living with my wife and three kids in my sister-in-law's back bedroom for mm-hmm. five years. Well, So I went from being one of the most successful barristers in Northern Ireland and with the most property of any bars are certainly really successful person in my mid-30s to actually live in my sister-in-law's back bedroom yeah. with my wife and three kids. So that was tough. And sure. to be fair, my wife um, was absolutely amazing and never said one word to me. Maybe she should have. <laughs> Maybe she needs to keep my feet on the ground. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I had to make a plan. So the money and stuff didn't matter to her. It didn't even really matter to me in a way. Yeah. But it was more evidence of your hard work and the success. So back to the shaving my head piece so what happened was I had to make a plan mm-hmm. once I processed the, 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 the extreme pain of that all happening mm-hmm. I had to make a plan and in everything doesn't matter what it is if, if your listeners are, are thinking about how to have success it's all about setting, down, setting out your goals and creating a plan yeah. to achieve your goals so my plan was to rehabilitate us financially Yeah, and part of that was to be really particular about my time, Mm -hmm. to be really particular about my spend, to be really particular about every single thing I did. Your daily routine. My daily routine. So I made a seven-year plan, and part of that plan was to shave my head. Um, Every six weeks, I used to shave my head. Whenever I needed a haircut. Whenever I needed a haircut. So I saved on hair, going to the hairdressers. I saved on time going to the hairdressers. I I did things like I would never travel um, during rush hour. So I either go in really early to work or go in after the rush hour because mm-hmm. that's half an hour work time. Yeah. Um, the, the, I had no passport during that period of time, that seven years, I had no passport. So I didn't leave this island effectively. You didn't want to get the passport photo with the head chief. Yeah, it would look something out of a, a convict or something like that. But, yeah. um, so there was a plan put together during that time where I basically worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week 
uh, 32 days off in a seven year period, total of 32 days. Wow. I worked every, had no Christmas dinner for seven years. Wow, full commitment. Full commitment, but seven years. Um, and then I explained to my wife, set out the plan, this is what happens after, if I commit, commit to this. Yeah. Now we could have moved out of, and this is, really, this is a really important thing, we could have moved out of the sister-in-law's back bedroom yeah. earlier than five years. Yeah. We could have gone and rented a place. Mm-hmm. But every single penny of that, now I'm very blessed, I live in a, a lovely home now again, every single penny of that would have been money off our ultimate big goal of getting back to where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Because you would have been renting, which is been renting like thousand, yeah. maybe thousand pounds for a family, you know, in a house or six hundred anyway a month. Yeah. You know, that's out of earned income. Yeah. You know, so every single penny of that is factored yeah. to what your overall goal is. Mm-hmm. And people should think about that. Yeah. That yeah. That's brilliant. Good insights. Yeah, I guess something I'd like to touch on. I know you're uh, obviously very active on LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, I kind of think of you as the Gary Vaynerchuk of Northern okay. Ireland. Okay, right. Just on, on LinkedIn and absolutely smashing it. I've had worse said to tell you about it. But I know you're very passionate about mentoring, like yeah. you mentioned earlier, and, and speed mentoring, doing that with you know mm-hmm. speed or quick sessions with, yes. with younger people. I wondered, over the course of your kind of 10, 20 years in, in business, uh, who has had the biggest impact on you and also, you know, have you had mentors throughout that or people that you've looked up to? Or? So th- this is really, this really interesting, is that I have often been driven, I'm actually really, really driven. I think I could have done better. Mm-hmm. Actually, if I had have made better use of either mentors, I don't think I have pre- practiced as well as I preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for instance, the mentor I have, and I've invested in myself to do this, is Rob Moore. But that only happened last year. So Rob Moore, who's very well known um, in the space in business, he's in, he's in England, he's re- written books such as Life Leverage, Leverage, which is absolutely brilliant book, blew my mind when I read that, yeah. and Money, and has a brilliant podcast, Disruptive Entrepreneur. Sorry the, be, yeah, I yeah. do, right. Sorry to be plugging somebody else on your, on your no, podcast. No, no, definitely. But, um, so he, he's my mentor, and um, but I don't think I've, I've made enough use so when I was going through this really tough time, when I had a seven-year plan, I was shaving my head and all of that sort of stuff, yeah. and I was penniless, um, during that time, I had one hour a week, every single week, with an older business person. And that was more, um, I downloaded everything. That was one hour a week yeah. where I gave myself an opportunity, and he knew that I needed that hour yeah. and he facilitated me and we were, we were friends and we'd done business together yeah. where I had one hour a week where I could go and download everything that had happened that week mm-hmm. and, and other than that hour I was just looking to kill dead things but that was one hour where I would just get one hour where I could just go yeah. and you just switch back in the chair and just offload, offload it, yeah. and, and he'd be happy enough to take it and I did, that one, I did that one hour every single Friday probably unless he was on holidays Every, every during that seven year period mm-hmm. that was massively beneficial yeah um to me so um but some of the stuff some people are, are can keep themselves <clears throat> i'm very good at keeping myself accountable yeah motivated and motivated i i i have that absolutely to my core and yeah. since i made that decision um 21 years ago mm-hmm. i have funny there was a post about this on linkedin and uh, in two in 1998 when I was raised, this is an interesting thing about growing up now, mm-hmm. and being in your 20s now, in 1998, I was looking for somebody to inspire me. Mm-hmm. So I made a decision in 97, the rest of my life was going to be different. Yeah. By 98, I was, strugg- I was still struggling. And, I was, you know, there were no mentors or gurus, or I don't yeah. call myself a guru, by the way, I just threw that word in. Yeah. And um, I kept, there was a guy called Dorian Yates, who won Mr. Olympia, I think, five or six times in a row. He came to Maysville Leisure Centre. And I thought, geez, that's a guy who's actually achieved something coming mm-hmm. to Belfast. And he's obviously followed a plan and he's put it in into place. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'm going to go down there. Now, I was built like a celery stick. He's been <laughs> sitting out in the sun for too long, you yeah. know. And um, he's built like a brick shit house, you know. <laughs> he's the most successful bodybuilder of all time at that stage. And I went down to Maysfield Leisure Centre to see him because I was trying to give up drink. Mm-hmm. So I decided to, I wanted to give up drink when I was 27. Didn't yeah. manage it until I was 37. So it was on and off and on and off. And I went down to him when I was 28 and 
and sat and I listened to him and listened to the routines and how he'd set his goals and I was like, fuck, this is this yeah. is brilliant. This yeah. is brilliant, brilliant stuff. And I hung about like there was about twenty beef cakes, like twenty guys really built <laughs> on me. Like, like, them I was like <laughs> so out of you know, so out of it'd be like a you know, somebody's never been in business business going to institute of directors or you know, sitting yeah. there in their tracksuit. But you know, it was it was sort of a bit like that. And I waited and waited until the end of it. And I really wanted to speak to him because there was nobody else. I didn't know who to speak to. Mm-hmm. And um I went up to him, I said, Look, Mr. Yates, how are you? Dorian, look, this is what I want to do. I want to give up drink. I want to apply myself. I'm a year into my journey now. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want to achieve something. I want to make a difference to myself and to, to others. And he had a picture there. And he he, I, he says, he wrote my name on it to, to Gavin. And he wrote on it, May 1998. And I found the picture recently. And that's why I did no a LinkedIn way. post. So yeah. after I'd lost my house, hardly have any any of my um, possessions or... but I found it recently in the garage there and he says to, um, to Gavin May 1998 and he just wrote on it it's your choice well, just three words Yeah, it was your choice and I don't... Oh, Jesus that's it hard hitting this yeah that was just your choice. choice that's all he said he man a few words interestingly Rob Moore does has a podcast with him which is quite edgy um, don't know if he liked he's a, but he's a man of few words but just it's your choice yeah. and I, I basically kept those three words with me um, that always in the back of your always mind, in the back of my head you, it's your choice to it's your, it's your choice path. And I, I've used that as, as motivation ever since mm-hmm. yeah I guess linked link to those kind of questions around you know mentors and who you've looked up to is there a particular you know business guru if you know to use your word earlier mm-hmm. that you do you know look up to admire in the business world maybe you know Richard Branson is an example but not you know is there someone you have in your mind look there's there's lots of great ones that are so now we have access to them you know with YouTube and the YouTube internet. and Audible so I listen to lots of books on Audible yeah. there's a lot you can get access to so many now and you can hear their stories and there's common themes mm-hmm. so I did both Richard Branson's um, autobiographies in the last year absolutely phenomenal yeah o- unbelievable I went to the Pendulum Summit in Dublin last year which is it's a summit in Dublin where some of the world's greatest thought leaders come and greatest business people and Richard Branson was there and I sat in the audience at that and it was Richard Branson, there was others, um, uh, Joe Malone, who does the perf- perfume and stuff yeah. like that, Michelle Moans, another one. And I sat in that audience and I just listened intently. And even though I, I've had good success, I said, what's the difference between me and them? Yeah, sitting up on the stage. Sitting up on the stage. Why ground. are they up there and why am I down, down here? Yeah. And I spent days, in fact, I always keep my wristband as a wee, a wee visual cue. So... My wristband for the nineteen or two thousand and eighteen pendulum summit mm-hmm. only got cut off when I went back to the two thousand and nineteen one. Right, okay. And I've got my two thousand nineteen one will only be cut off next year. So, but I sat there and I went away from that night. You know, people take their notes. People take their notes, and the notes go in the drawer as soon as they get home. Yeah. And they never think about it. I spent days after the pendulum summit. Yeah. Thinking, what is the difference between mm-hmm. me and them? Yeah. And really sketched that out and what I thought the differences were. Yeah. And one of the differences um, was about telling your story, being prepared to um, do public speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already started doing some of that. Yeah. Uh, and started telling my story and started to inspire people maybe for about two years before that. Mm-hmm. But I came away thinking, do you know what, I need to do more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the Brand- Richard Branson one, I need to double down even more to build my team even stronger. Mm-hmm. So that internal board that I talked about that I thought of three years, I needed to double down and really, really make sure I built that. Yeah. Because what he does is he gets a business. Yeah. After three months, that business is effectively run by other people. He's out of there. He's, He's out. Just after three months. Home. Yeah. You see, see the thing. See, I know from running businesses, you see to be able to do that. Yeah, and can go completely hands off and go hands off and entrust those teams. Yeah. Very difficult. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it's mind blowing. So, um, I'd say definitely, definitely Branson's um, one of them, and Rob Moore, um, some of the output and content that he does um, across his social channels is really, really good. Yeah. So you mentioned there about, you know, p- 
putting yourself out there and speaking, you know, public speaking. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I think you're great at on LinkedIn is obviously, you know, being completely honest and transparent about, you know, family, business, yeah. personal life, all of that. What advice would you give someone who maybe does want to push in that sort of realm and, you know, build a personal brand and be open to all of that yeah. and, and put themselves out there, if you like? What advice would you give to them if they were, you know, on LinkedIn and Instagram and those platforms? Yeah, you have to commit to doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I see this all the time and I mentor people all the time and um, it's a fear of commitment to it. Number one, there's fear. Um, I, I, I could literally be the most troubled person in the whole of the UK just at the minute. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I don't give a damn, uh, actually, because... I know who I am and I'm committed to making a difference both for myself and my own businesses and actually for the wider Northern Ireland public because I want to change mindsets in Northern Ireland. But you have to do it. If you don't do it in your industry, I mean, never, if you don't do it, somebody else is going to come and do it. Yeah. Right? Personal brand is absolutely everything at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely everything. If you don't do the land grab, somebody else is going to do it. Your competitor. Or, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to happen. Now, the thing about it is, if you're not, not a very nice person, or if you're saying stuff that you don't believe in, or if you're saying stuff that you don't actually do, you, you will be found out. Yeah, that, that, that's trolled for real then. Yeah. That, that's, that's the problem, or you'll worry about it when you're trolled, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but it's, if you're a good person and you're trying to do the right thing and you look after people and you're trying to bring other people on your journey, don't be afraid to commit and set yourself targets. So what happens is on LinkedIn, I am committed to posting every single day, a thoughtful post. It yeah. takes time to do that. But because I'm committed to do it every single day, um, my, my subconscious works away in different themes and ideas and they come to me in the shower and all of that. If you yeah. don't commit to doing the, the output, what happens is you get on a Monday morning, you want to, you're doing, oh, I don't feel like it today, yeah. you know what? Oh, it was a tough weekend, yeah. somebody phoned in sick and I'm just not in the mood. Mm -hmm. Commit to doing it. Uh, and then the rest comes from there. Yeah, I think I find that with the the Instagram that I've I've done, I I also post once a day, and so yeah. you do kind of think throughout the day, we thoughts and things inspire you, and 100%. that triggers a thought to you know that'll work or that won't work, or, you know. So that's that's good good insights. So I guess I'd probably like to touch on obviously you mentioned earlier your new your new podcast that's coming out. Yes. So the Speed Mentor is that what you're calling it or? Yes. So it's so a new podcast coming out. Um, I'm hoping the end of this month, but might be next month. It's called Speed Mentor. I've recorded the first sort of half dozen um episodes. Yeah. And uh, really, it's it's a theme within my theme. So maybe just say how the Speed Mentor thing came out was I used to mentor a whole lot of business people. I was maybe doing about 20 hours a week of it, mentoring other business people. I was doing it all pro bono. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I was having to um, refuse some people for no particular reason. Just, yeah, I felt uncomfortable doing it. So yeah. I came up with an idea of 20-minute sessions, pro bono 20-minute sessions, yeah. called it the Speed Mentor, like, but like speed dating. And then it was a challenge to see whether I could d deliver enough value within those 20 minutes. Yeah. And I actually found found that I could, and they were really successful and really popular. Yeah. So the speed mentor thing developed from there. So on my podcast, um, what I'm doing is I'm doing a podcast every single day, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Um, at nine a.m. I hope that's going out. Maybe it's going up against that other show on the. Now I know my listenership will be minute to <laughs> to the Nolan show, but what I want to do is I want to put out something positive mm -hmm. at nine a.m. instead of the negativity and the crap that we get on BBC Radio Ulster on the Nolan show every single day. So I'm sort of um, counterfoiling the negative stuff with mm -hmm. something positive that people can actually get some benefit from. Yeah. It's going to last, each episode lasts maybe up to 10 minutes, between five and 10 minutes. So it's a bite-sized piece. Each one will maybe have a theme. Mm -hmm. Maybe one I was just recording today was about gratitude. Yeah. Another one might be about goal setting. Another mm -hmm. one might be about what I'm getting up to in my business activity. Yeah. I'm trying to, draw out some themes and learnings from that. Yeah, so it's uh, a sort of thought for the day, digestible. Digestible thought for the day, but like washing your teeth, here we go, here's a bit of positivity, here's yeah. a bit of stuff, if you apply this today, yeah. you'll have greater success than you would if you don't apply it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really? called the Speed Mentor. Nice one, looking forward to listening mm -hmm. to that. Um, I guess coming to a bit of a close here, why don't we just go through some sort of quick fire questions, sure. so not so much yes, no's, but just sort of, you know, the first one is, 
Do you read books or listen to audiobooks? So now, more often audiobooks. The, the time for reading is just so um, so limited now. I'm yeah. reading um, a book on leadership at the minute, funny enough. Um, but more audiobooks, definitely audiobooks. Yeah. And do you have a favourite audiobook that you might recommend? So... The, the book I, if, if we go on a, on a written book, the yep. book I, I recommend, or one of the ones that had a massive impact to me, was The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. I recommend that to everybody. Now, about 50% of the people I recommend it to that can change changes their life. Well, another 50% maybe don't get it. It's yeah. tough. It can be a tough read, but really, really powerful for me. So The Chimp Paradox, Professor Steve Peters of a book. And if I'm going uh, an audio book... Um, do you know one's a brilliant one? I will actually go Rob Moore, uh, Life Leverage, audiobook version of it. Nice Life Leverage, re- re- some really, really good hacks, exactly. life hacks in there. Yeah, brilliant. So, next question. If we finish this podcast interview and you stepped outside your door and you find a lottery ticket that was winnings of £10 million, what would you do with it? <laughs> I have done a post about this. This is linked to the yeah, yeah. This is people so that's who... different. So number one, I do not do the lottery. Yeah. Right. I do not want to win the lottery. That would be. This may sound absolutely crazy. I'm really. I'm really passionate about self determination. Or you know that you determine your own outcomes. Yeah. Okay. And that you'll have success or failure based on what you put in. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't want to win the lottery. I would not want that to happen. It mm-hmm. sounds crazy. And um, I know it can't happen because I don't buy lottery tickets. Yeah. <laughs> but what you're, you're saying is if you, if you found a lottery ticket, that's, that's another... Blew it to your doorstep, yeah. Jesus Christ. You, this is a wee bit... I, I say that I don't listen to trolls and different things like that. I'm not too worried about that. I do have this fear, or not a fear, but I want to achieve everything myself. Yeah. Okay, with my team and, and people I bring along on my journey. To have that and to maybe then have great success and f- people have an opportunity to go, ah, I only did it because he had a lottery ticket that had seven million quid on it. That would kill me. Yeah. I know it sounds a bit... People cr- thinking that it wasn't actually your hard work and effort. It yeah. was just that one lucky lottery Yeah, ticket. and the hard work. And I want, I want to catalogue and show the narrative. That's why I post every single day. This is what hard work and application can achieve. Now, when we were living in the back bedroom with, and we had in our own home, and I was with my wife and kids, we had this discussion quite regularly when we had absolutely nothing. And I said, don't be doing a lot, right? I don't want to do it that way. Yeah. And they're, so my it's in-laws. It's easy way out, isn't it's it? Easy, and they're going, Gavin, there's something wrong with you. I said, no, I love the process so much that mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to do that. So. Yeah. I know it's a peculiar one, but funny, when I did the post about that, you've, you've taken a twist on it by finding a lottery ticket yeah. and catch me there because you know I wouldn't buy one. <laughs> yeah. When I did the post on it, I thought, now that post, there was a lot of people wrote under that post because it was massive lottery winners, I think they won 150 million or something like yeah. that. And imagine having that sort of money when you've never experienced, experienced anything like that. There's a difference it. building business, building business getting used to maybe having 10 grand in the bank, getting used to have 100 grand, what do you do with that? Getting used to have a million, blah, blah, and building that up and building yeah. that life experience of how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. To then just go from just start normal life to 150 million, that would just blow your mind. Yeah. Um, then you're, you could become paranoid about people. It's also, but on that post, interestingly, there was a lot of support actually for my position. Even yeah. though there were other people thought I was having to go with them, I wish them absolutely every good luck in the world yeah um i have nothing against them and i, I hope and um, they sound like really good people but it just wouldn't be for me yeah no fair enough um next question is obviously you, you put yourself out there a lot on linkedin and i guess people probably have a fair grasp of what you're like and you know mm-hmm. feel like they probably know you yes but what's something you know interesting about yourself that maybe people on linkedin might not know about you or Maybe a hidden fact about yourself that's mm-hmm. maybe not that public, but you're willing to share. Rock the brains. <laughs> Everything's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, uh, there's, there's oh, virtually nothing is sacred. For, for, well, I do have an interesting one. Um, and almost wrote a post about it this morning. Funny enough, you got, I almost wrote a post about it this morning. And um, I thought, oh, geez, I'll get a whole lot of trolls and I've got too much to do today. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> um, so an interesting fact and I just realised this last week, is I have never um, looked at a travel brochure or a holiday brochure in my life. Wow. Either online or in paper. 
Yeah. Never in my life. And I only realised it last week. My wife was um, checking for holidays. I only go one week holiday a year, so there's no real need and she books that. Yeah. So, um, I th- it's more, I, I love what I do so much. I am, so, I am literally the luckiest person in the world and I've got family who support me and I make sure we have really passionate time in the house and mm-hmm. you really get involved. But, um, I've never um, looked the Holly brochure in my life. Yeah, and I'm unlikely to, and it only occurred to me last week when she was clicking through. And I, Do you know what? I've never done that. Yeah, I don't uh, recognise that brochure. Yeah, I've never done something like that before. And then yeah. I thought, I wonder if there are other people who probably not that many. Yeah, so yeah, there you did get nice one there. Yeah. Um. Next question: Where do you get your best ideas? Do they come to you? You know, on the toilet in the morning, or you know, lunchtime, or this is interesting. So one of my things earlier on, I was telling you when I did the plan, explained to my wife what way we were going to approach this. And she's working in person as well. She's an accountant. Yeah. So it's not that it's all about, you know, we she's have to do this as a team. She's yeah. contributing and all as well. So, but um, at the end of that we plan that I had done, um, there was to go back to church with, with the family mm-hmm. um, because I had sacrificed that um, on a Sunday. My wife's quite devout. And um, so going back to church, and it was one of the things after that seven-year period, I said that would mark a line whenever we come to the end of it. She's yeah. really happy. It was one of the best things I've ever done, going back as a family every Sunday. So you're asking me, when do the ideas come? <laughs> they come actually quite often in church, well, funny enough. And I learned the hard way because whenever I went back and these ideas were coming for posts and different things, mm-hmm. and I was putting them into my phone, Sitting in church. the church. And she's one woman went absolutely buck mad. She went really lost her shit. Yeah. When I was doing it. And maybe rightly so, I don't know. So I now bring a pen and paper with me yeah, to church yeah, yeah, yeah. because the ideas come. It's I think it's whenever the mind it gets cleared. Yeah, and you're thinking deep maybe about yeah. life and, yeah, yourself. and things uh, uh, and so actually in church you get quite amazing. a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I tell you an interest. For instance, um, Edison, who who has over two thousand pat- patents, um, and is the greatest inventor of all time, possibly. Um, he used to say that his ideas came to him in that wee space in between sleep, uh, just when so almost subconscious when you're just falling asleep. Mm-hmm, so at night, at yeah. night, or he used to do it during the day, and all he used to try and sleep. So what he used to do was he used to sit in a, in a chair, and he used to have ball bearings in his hand. Right, so if you're working all the time and you don't give yourself time to think, mm-hmm. then the ideas don't come. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's almost when you're just trying to cre- clear space from your phone pen. Yeah. And, uh, so, but he used to sit with the ball bearings in his hand and he used to sit in a chair and he used to have a metal plate underneath his chair mm-hmm. and the ball bearings in his hand. So just as he was going into that wee sort of dream, just relaxed state, his hand would just loosen and the ball bearings would hit the ground and wake him up. Yeah, yeah. And in that wee space of the wee moment, the mind, the wee moment yeah. um, that he could actually see things that he couldn't see in other times. And that's when he would get a lot of his ideas and inventions. Let's try that. So yeah. at church and then yeah. get your ball there. Yeah, it's <laughs> taking the time to do it. It's yeah. taking the time to do it. Yeah, I think. I wonder what the most useful product or service is that you've bought in the past sort of year that costs under £100. It's quite a nice question. but So... Product or service? Yeah. Do you know what? I'd be fairly, although it's maybe been even superseded. Um, well, do you know, I'm going to give you one, but it's just a wee bit more. I'm loving something at the minute. Yeah. And um, I've just bought AirPods. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, Jesus, man. Is oh. it a game changer? Game changer. Game changer. Just do it. It's about 160 it. or something like that. Yeah. It's a wee bit over your budget there, as you were saying. <laughs> yeah. But... Jeez, I'm loving life. I've yeah. only switched to an iPhone recently. Yeah. I was always Android, and as a phone, it's not as good, but the intu- intuition that the iPhone has is mm-hmm. I'm starting to get used to it a wee bit now. Yeah. But the thing that has just the game changer, there they are there. Yeah, AirPods. AirPods, man. And so you can, do, does the microphone work on the, yeah. on the earphone? Yeah. 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 Brilliant. It, Let's get them they're, they're just good. Yeah. Uh, they're the dogs. Nice one. All right, so last sort of couple of questions here. What strange passion or hobby do you have that we might not again know about from maybe LinkedIn or, or otherwise? I don't know whether um so out, outside the only two type things that I do really have a big big interest in 
or I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder at, at Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. So I am um, so I'm a massive Spurs fan. Myself, two brothers and a friend. We all have season tickets. We yeah. don't get to use them as, as much as we would like, but um, so that's a passion in football. I love my F1, uh, Formula 1. I'm yeah. a huge Lewis Hamilton fan. I know he has a lot of haters out there, but I absolutely love him. Yeah. And uh, But the one, uh, one major thing I would say in life, actually, and I've thought about this quite deeply, actually, over the years, is that if I wasn't good at something, right, so team sports, football, I just yeah. didn't do it. If I'm not good at something, yeah. I don't waste time doing something that I um, am not good at or don't yeah. have a natural bent to. I will actually say, do you know what? I'm, I'm maybe I maybe don't enjoy myself enough. I don't know. I will go to something. I will switch my interest to find something that I'm, I'm feel good passionate at. I'm really passionate successful. that I can have success at. So um, I've probably given up a lot of stuff that maybe people would have done just as a pastime, just to focus on stuff that I actually think I can have success at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice one. And finally then, what is your favourite place in the world, maybe apart from North Belfast? Favourite place in the world? So if you said to me, um, I have this thing at some stage, although I don't know how it would happen because I love working so much, but I have a, a vision in my head and I actually used to have this before I lost everything is to have a nice, a beautiful house um, with a sea, right beside the sea. Mm-hmm. That's probably something that just maybe would help me chill a wee bit. Yeah. Just a panoramic view, just over an ocean. Yeah. Um, so it's not a particular place. It's a particular like place of mine was a place in Port Salon in Donegal. A mm. uh, place in Port Salon in Donegal. Nice. But um, just so anywhere... Um, that's just at the sea, maybe you're yeah. looking over a cliff or something like that with a big panoramic view. Yeah, nice one. Great. Well, here, thanks very much for taking time to have a chat today. It's been great to okay. hear your insights and that secret sauce. So thanks again, Gavin Wall. Pleasure, awesome. pleasure now. Thanks very much and, and good luck with the podcast. Hope it's really successful. It's great to see um, young entrepreneurs coming through and trying to make a difference and getting the message out there and hopefully inspiring other entrepreneurs because we definitely need more of that in Northern Ireland, which is some didn't maybe, maybe really get talking about Northern Ireland as a whole mm-hmm. much, but this is really, we, we need to change the mindset in Northern Ireland. Hopefully your podcast will help with that in saying that we're not afraid to have success. Yeah. Success is something that we can actually shout about. Mm-hmm and understand we can have failure along the way but ultimately we want to have more success okay nice one thanks very much good luck now thank you cheers